All right. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of El Prient's The Zest, The Seasoning Sessions. And I am honored today to be here with one of my fellow improv group members, Mr. Ted himself. Welcome to the show, Ted. What's up, Day Day? How you doing? Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we have a chance to chit chat with you and kind of talk about tons of different stuff. Um, because this is audio only. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, Ted is actually of Asian descent. And with all the different things going on right now in the Asian community, uh, we definitely wanted to make sure we use our platform to uplift, to amplify Asian voices and give an opportunity for our group members to actually speak from their community, as well as just talking about their experience within the improv world and Asian representation. So super excited to learn, to discuss and dive in with you. But before we do that, definitely want to make sure that the people have a better understanding of who you are and where you're coming from, Ted. So can you give us a little background on your history and kind of how you got into improv? Well, um, originally I was from New York. I uh, moved here when I was really young because uh, my family's here because of divorce whatnot. And um, mm-hmm. I've been in Virginia Beach. I love it here. Um, good people here. Uh, people can say all the shit they want, but it's a good place <laughs> to grow up. It's a good place to grow up. I had a, a, a plethora of friends, all mixed group. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm a veteran. I joined the Navy. Um, oh, thank you for your service. It's, uh, it was a job. Thank you. I <laughs> appreciate that. But um and then now I work, from, I work for Shipyard and then doing stand-up and improv with you guys and having a time in my life. Awesome. So what really kind of led you into doing improv? Because cause speaking about your career path, starting in the military, it's not often you hear people just jumping in straight into something yeah. totally different. So what kind of led you there? Well, it's like, um, like you're, you're putting these shitty situations and it's like, everyone's like being treated like shit together. It was kind of like, I I always say shit or random stuff to try to make everybody laugh and uplift uplift the morale in the group. And I found I was kind of good at it, you know, like making people laugh at the group and like, it was shitty outside. We're sitting here sweating, holding our weapons, (laughs) sand everywhere. It's like, find something to make everybody laugh. It's like, and I realized it's, it's that kind of, humor brings people together that normally wouldn't be together so just true like, just like hip-hop just like like everything like cool in my like i love thing it brings people together it doesn't there's no reason to be like you're laughing together you're, you're listening together you're, you're loving together it's like and that's what i want to focus my life on because it's like that's what i was taught <laughs> like i mean so being, true being raised in like this traditionally christian household like everyone's supposed to love each other no way Everybody's the same anyway. You're supposed to be that way. So why not do my best to dedicate my life to bringing people together through laughter? Absolutely. We say laughter is the best medicine for sure. And I I think uh, think it was Bill Cosby. One of the things that he said before, I think it was him. I know people Mm -hmm. beyond all the other stuff we have to, there's some nuance there. I think he said, you know, once you make them laugh, then you can give them the message. I hope it was crediting the right person but that's definitely definitely been the case with my experience with improv so how long have you been doing improv um what kind of experience would you experience would you say you had coming into it did you find yourself 
feeling like you kind of had to downplay some of your identity to kind of fit in, or did you feel like it was an easy transition for you? Um, it was, it was, I just kind of jumped into it because I, I just, I was depressed one day and I was like looking at comedy shit because I was going through a lot personally. And I was like, oh, look, uh, it was, it was a uh, girl prof. I was like, I saw a thing on the internet for girl prof. So I went to girl prof, this is the first show I saw because it was a bad breakup. It's kind of funny talking about it, but it's like, like, I want to find a girl that, you know, smells her own shit. And a comedian would be probably be the, the, the best way to find the girl that smelt like, knows what, like, knows her shit stinks also. So I went there and just kind of fell in love with the people there in the theater. And I just kept going. And as far as, like, jumping into improv, I, I realized, like, early on, like, like, the stereotypes that people want me to play versus the, like the ones that I fit into versus like, I don't know, just like, like the nerdy Asian type people don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Or, like in like in a group full of a white audience or like, like if they don't mind you being a nerdy Asian, but if you're like anything but that, it's like, I think it weirds people out. And I don't know if it's just me or I'm sensitive to it, but you can't just go around breaking people's necks like a Kung Fu dude and let everybody like, <laughs> fucked up man. you shouldn't be doing that. But then it's like, if you play the meek Asian dude, it's like, everyone loves it. So it's like, it's, it's like the stereotypes that people want me to play versus the ones that, you know, like they're comfortable seeing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And I don't know. Did you find yourself having to, did you find yourself wanting to rebel and choosing to stray away from those types of depictions? Or is it something because the positive feedback was given because people accepted it and they laughed that you found yourself leaning into? And did that cause any conflict uh, emotionally? Uh, internally, probably like, um, I remember I didn't do an Asian asset for a long time when I first started the theater. And then when I did, that's what everybody like kind of said I was doing all the time. And I was like, I only did that like once, bro. They're like, but that's what you do. It's like one time I've been on the stage like a whole bunch of other times. And, you know, like, but it's like they just stick to like that's that's what Ted does, and it's like that kind of caught me off guard. Like I, I didn't think I did that, but I guess if you say so, you're the audience member. <laughs> it's like so I just kind of almost like didn't didn't want to do it anymore. You know, like I didn't want to do an Asian accent because it's like, are they laughing at me or with me? Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, are you are you like, and it, it's kind of it's, it's it's like internal. That's like something I never really said out loud. Mm-hmm. It's like it's because it's like. I experienced that everywhere because, like, I'm usually the only Asian male. Like, in any improv situation, I am the only one. And it's not that I have a problem with that. It's just I'd like to see more, like, representation. Or it's, like, it sucks because, like, I'm, I am not the greatest role model. And I feel like I'm, in a lot of these people's minds, like, I am the, the spokesperson or, like, I'm speaking for an entire race of people that they don't want me to speak for them. Man. It's like, it's like, they shouldn't want me to speak for them. It's like, I, I do what the fuck I want. Like, I'm kind of the rebel in my family. Everyone else is a doctor, lawyer, like officer in the military. I'm comedian. Like, they don't, you don't want me to speak for all these people, man. It's like, you know, like I, I represent a very small percentage of the Asian people. I'm pretty sure it's like yeah. me, Joe Coy and Rex Navarati. And it's like, that's it. That's like, that's it. I don't know any other Asian comedians, like, I, but it's like, and it's, it's rough because it's like, a, I remember putting together my stand-up materials, like, I had to really think, how, how do people see me? Mm-hmm. And how do I break that immediately? 
And how do I get mm. laugh with me instead of against me? I was like really trying to break this shit down. I was like, I'm a Filipino dude, but they probably think I'm Chinese. So I'm going to go up there in front like I'm Chinese and bow to this lady. Ta. And then just, and just like, that's hard. I really thought hard, like, how am I going to break this shit down where I can get these people with me instead of against me? Because most times when you're on stage, it's like, I don't know if you, like, you tell people you're a comedian, but it's like, oh, yeah. Like, they start crossing Make that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so low expectations. Like, I try to break that shit immediately. And it's like, but. Well, I can't wait for us to jump into this deeper in as we discuss things in the actual episode, because what yeah. you said about you know, feeling the need to break, to start lead with the stereotypes, but then you can actually use comedy as a way to break through it. And it kind of exposed people's biases, but in a way that is subtle and through laughter, people can yeah. learn. So I'm excited. I hope, thank you guys for listening to this interview and we can't wait for you to hear the episode. Again, this is LPS Presents The Zest. Mm-hmm.